Hello, pod people. I'm DA, and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. In light of the recent Supreme Court ruling overturning 50 years of precedent and protection for the right of birthing people to have an abortion, we speak with a millennial male on his journey through abortion. To protect the identity of the guest, the name and voice will be changed. As always, remember to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive right in. So I want to start by saying thank you for being brave enough to share your story with us today. No problem. Thank you. So we are obviously here because of the June 24th decision by the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. What was your initial reaction when you found out about the verdict? Uh, honestly, it was disgust. The fact that they took away the protection for a woman and even a family to make that difficult decision uh, away in this day and age was quite shocking and uh, made it very difficult to actually focus on work the rest of the day. That's exactly how I felt when I got the verdict. I was at work and I just immediately became extraordinarily numb and just sickened to my stomach. Can you share your own personal experiences with needing abortion care for your family? Um, sure. It was a difficult time. Unfortunately, we, we had to go through two of them, but they were choices that we made together, uh, me and my partner, and also uh, the reasons that we had to go that route was not only did we know uh, financially we weren't ready, but there were some other medical issues that we were not prepared for at the time, and we knew that we needed additional research uh, to know what the implications would be and what that would entail for us uh, during a pregnancy, because not only would it put uh, my wife at risk, but I had to know what she was going to go through to be able to support her properly. And uh, we needed that time to make those uh, decisions and that kind of research. What are your thoughts when anti-choice advocates argue that they are protecting fetuses and that the federal government does not have a constitutional obligation to protect the rights of birthing people, primarily women, and that these decisions should be, in fact, left up to the states who may choose to institute a full ban on the right to an abortion? Um, I believe in, in the in the smallest scope. I would say they don't know what it's like to make that decision, though I'm sure some of them probably have and, and they've chosen to fight for whatever beliefs that they have. But I do not believe that it is up to the states and that it should be a more constitutional item because it is something that is far reaching and that you could have 50 different uh, decisions, 50 different programs across the country. And that makes it difficult for a woman. It makes it difficult for a family to decide what is best for them and that it should just be blanketly covered that the, a person or a family has a right to an abortion if it is necessary, if they feel it is necessary um, because it is their choice. It is their, you know, they have to live with it. It's not something that the state should have to sit there and say, well, we're going to do it at this, this way or we're going to have, this is when you can have an abortion in this state, but in this state you could have it at this time. It, it doesn't make sense to me to have such a chance that you're going to have 
50 different programs. Even right now, you see that we have at least 26 states that are doing an outright ban of it, and that's just ridiculous. Yeah, unfortunately, I live in a state where you will be denied abortion care after six weeks of pregnancy, and it's called the heartbeat bill. What would you say to critics that state having an abortion, no matter the reason, is murder? I would ask them to go up to one of the families that have lost a child to gun violence and tell them the same thing. I would ask them to go speak to somebody that lost a family member in the military or in uh, gang-related violence or anything else that is classified as murder and sit there and say, tell them that you put this on the same level as that. Because I don't think that that is a fair comp- comparison between the two. It is a difficult decision to make. It's one that only either one parent has to live with or both parents have to live with it. And you can't sit there and say that it's murder. It, it, It just does not make sense at all. Had a ban been in place when you and your partner decided that abortion care was what you needed, how would that have affected your family in the long run? Um, as stated before, financially, we would not have been ready. We would not have been properly educated how some additional medical issues that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis would have affected the uh, the child. And even now with our the children that we do have now, I remember staying up countless nights at those times doing as much research as a layman could do to understand those medical issues. Uh, the implications and what we could be facing down the line. Additionally, we would have been facing, you know, the stigma that's that's behind it with having kids out of marriage. And, you know, those are the kinds of issues that we would have wound up dealing with. And it would have been difficult at those times. I know that we were both panicking as to what could have happened. But luckily, we were able to have those abortions. You know, yes, it is unfortunate. But, you know, luckily, we we did have access to those to that facility. And we were able to spend that time researching what we needed to to be able to know what we were in for when we fully decided to have a family. You mentioned that you were worried about what your community might think about you having children at a time that you were unmarried or out of wedlock, as they say. And I also grew up in a very religious community, which leads us into the next question. Does anyone in your family or community know that your family needed abortion care? If yes, what was their reaction? If no, what do you think they might say if they found out? Uh, no, they don't know. And I I feel that it would have been met with a bit of disgust in the beginning. I know I probably wouldn't be speaking to some family members for quite a while, or I'd be getting the fifth degree over the religious implications over it. I know that there, there would have been a lot of discussion as to why they weren't involved in such a choice or making such a decision. Why did we feel we needed to go down that route? You know, um, wouldn't have there been ample time to do 
whatever research at that time rather than needing such a difficult procedure. And me personally, I feel that that is a choice and a decision that does not need uh, outside interference. That should be something between me and my wife or a couple or a single mother because they're the ones that are going to have to go through the procedure and they're going to be the ones that have to live with that choice. Um, in the beginning, we had difficulty that we had to live with it, but we have, you know, we justified all of our reasons and we knew that we were making the right choice at those times. So can I just ask that when you said you had difficulty with the decision, can you talk a little bit more about that? So we knew that, you know, this is essentially, for lack of a better way to put it, that this is a human life that we were creating. Yes, at this point, it was just a collection of cells, you know, functioning off of my wife's living. And we knew that we were not prepared for this responsibility to bring a life in, into this world under the, the difficulties of the medical situation that we had to face and that it was better to stop it then than to risk any damage to the child that could have been born, any stresses that could have been caused to the child that was been born. And even our two children that we have now, we were under a lot of stress at those times when we said, yes, we're having children. We constantly reviewed what could have happened under those medical situations. And, um, you know, at least we did the due diligence at that t- those times to make the right choice. The first two, we knew we were not ready at all. And so I just want to point out that a lot of the critics say that those who have abortions just do not like children. But in sharing your story, you confirmed that you needed abortion care for your family. And then you went on to have two children, not just one. And that is significant. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's I, I haven't heard that per se myself, but, you know, that that I think is a disgusting thought that that people who have abortions or couples that go through an abortion don't want children. I, I absolutely love children. I have worked with children uh, in the past and I knew as I was growing up and, and when I met my wife that I wanted to have children, but that, you know, it's not the case that that you don't want children. It's that you don't want to do harm to the child that you're bringing into this world, at least for us in this case. You know, we didn't want to cause unnecessary stress for the child, unnecessary stress for ourselves. Um, And at that time, it was a mountain that we were trying to climb when dealing with those medical issues that we did. Again, we did not have the information. We did not know all the possibilities. And even to today, with what we have to deal with, a lot is not known. And we needed to take the time to do that kind of research, understand what was going to happen. Because if the numbers, yes, were pointing in completely negative, then that would have been having children a different difficult situation. We would have probably gone the route of adoption at that point. But luckily for us, after reviewing everything, we knew we were in a safe space. There were options for us and we could proceed to the next steps safely. At the time of the first Two, we did not know any of that information and we needed to make sure that we did not cause, again, any unnecessary harm to a future human being in this world. You mentioned that you grew up in a religious community and you still live in that community. Do you feel comfortable with sharing if you consider yourself religious? 
Not in the way that, that they define it, honestly. My grandmother, one thing that she always told us was have a relationship with God. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go to church every day. It doesn't mean that you need to follow what somebody else says. You make your own relationship. And that was something that when I heard her say that, and even unfortunately on her deathbed, she mentioned that, that was something that I held close and said, you know, my my belief, my religion would be my way. It doesn't have to be what they say. Yes, community, they will follow, you know, what they want and believe what they want, but it's what I feel is necessary. It's what we feel was necessary, and um, we're not going to let somebody else's belief structure uh, dictate the rules to us at that point. What do you hope to see for birthing people around our nation in regards to the right to an abortion? What do you hope elected officials and the federal government will do in regards to access to abortion care? I hope that it does become a protected right of not only couples, but of, of you know, even single mothers, because it is a personal choice. Um, the, the, the best description or at least argument that I've ever heard of, and, and I, it was one that I actually relate back to my mother, was essentially what they're doing is they're taking away a person's autonomy uh, to make a choice for themselves. And I remember she looked at me and she's like, no, it's, it, it's, a, it's a difficult decision. It shouldn't be something that's left up to the, to the government. It should be the states. And I said, all right, let's flip it another way. Let's say that there's a child somewhere that is sick, needs a bone marrow transplant, an organ transplant, what have you. And you are the only person on this planet that is a match for them. You are the only person that can save their life. And she says, okay, but you decide to say no. You don't want to go through that operation. You don't want to donate that bone marrow, that organ, that blood, what have you. She says, okay, do I have the right to call you a murderer at that point? Do I have the right to lock you up, to put you in jail, to fine you whatever, to find the doctor, to attack the doctor, all that I want? She's like, no, because it's my choice. Aha, it was your choice. Much like getting the vaccine for COVID was somebody's choice, much like getting vaccines for school is somebody's choice, much like getting any other operation is your choice. You have the free will and right to make a choice for your own body to do what you want to do with it, even if it means the death of somebody else. Now, you're taking away a person's right to choose what happens in their own body at this point, even for an abortion, even if it means that the fetus, unfortunately, will not survive. The mother may not survive if they carry it to term. So you're taking away that person or that couple's autonomy away just because your moral implications. She sat there and thought about it, and she realized that it was wrong to to take away that choice. And that's why I, I would I wish that it becomes a protected uh, right for everybody that people realize it is a difficult choice. Yes, to live with, but it is not your choice. It is that individual. It is that couple's choice. That's what it is. It does not mean that we don't love children. It does not mean that we are murderers. It means that maybe at that point, life was too hard for them and they did not want to raise a child in that situation. Or maybe they're going through something that they're not prepared to raise a child with. That's what needs to be addressed. 
mental health might need to be addressed, physical uh, ailments need to be addressed, social implications, financial situations, those things need to be addressed if you want to reduce the number of abortions that take place. Even allowing people to have contraceptives, that I don't even know if I said that right, right now, but they need to have that kind of access. They need to have the education to understand what's going to happen when they have a child. Um, what do I hope that elected officials and the federal government do other than protecting that right is create a situation or that open dialogue that can happen and try and take the stigma away from having such conversation within your own family, within your own community if you need to. Because I think that is part of the problem, that there's such a stigma behind it that people are not willing to talk about it and it becomes private and it becomes that additional stress added to a person, you know? And for me, it's that's important nowadays, especially with everything that everybody's going through. It shouldn't be such a, an issue that we can't protect it for people. I just want to take the time out to thank you for being so brave and sharing your story with us today. And for all those who tuned in, thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition. In spite of all that is happening within our nation right now, my wish for everyone is that you do not lose heart and do not give up on fighting for our nation because America is still worth fighting for. Stay safe and I look forward to engaging with you all soon.